Praise God. Well, happy Memorial Day to all of you. Uh, man, how quickly does time uh, pass? Uh, Memorial Day for many traditionally is the start of the summer. This morning, uh, it's the official or unofficial start of the summer, I guess you'd say. Uh, Memorial Day and Labor Day bookend holidays for the beginning and the end of summer. And the pastor did something very important today, and that is to speak forth the true meaning of Memorial Day and to take a moment to honor those whose lives have fallen in service to our country, those men and women who've given their lives the greatest sacrifice of all is what Memorial Day is really about. Memorial Day started uh, so just right after the Civil War. You know, the, the Civil War ended in the spring of, of 1865. And by 1866, there were communities all over the country that had started their own uh, commemoration of Memorial Day. They called it Decoration Day. And uh, because it wasn't associated with any particular battle, but just in representation of all of the, the folks who had lost their lives um, in honor and in service to the country. And uh, so that's, that started in 18. Uh, 66, and then by 60, 1868, it had in, it had a momentum had increased. More and more people began to honor the the fallen uh, from our wars, and um, then uh, coming, you know, um, all the way up to more uh, modern uh, time. Well, before all, before even our, it became official, 1971, modern time, when it became a federal holiday, 1971, Memorial Day. But uh, back in, um, in, um, in, the, in the 1800s, uh, it was 1868 uh, in May, May the 5th, uh, General John Logan declared that we're going to celebrate Memorial Day, or Decoration Day as he called it. He said, coming up on May the 30th. So on May the 5th, General John Logan said on, on May 30th, we're going to celebrate this. Uh, Decoration Day. And of course they did. And on May the 30th, then uh, General James Garfield, he was at Arlington National Cemetery speaking to 5,000 people. And after he spoke, all 5,000 of those people went around and decorated the graves of 20,000 fallen soldiers. And so that's a little of the history of Memorial Day. It's more than just a bookend holiday. It's more than just the start of summer Someone gave their lives in service to this country so that you and I could worship here freely tonight. And um, actually on Memorial Day at 3 p.m., local time is always considered a time to silently pray and honor those who have fallen on Memorial Day tomorrow, 3 p.m. Yeah. And I wonder if there's anybody here tonight and someone in your family paid the ultimate price and and they died in service to this country. I wonder if you would just stand for us here tonight. Anybody in service tonight? You had someone in your family who gave their life in service to this country. Please just stand. Let us honor you. Amen. Just all over there, people. Praise God. We honor you. People say, why you honor them? Well, because they also paid a price. And... Um, if you don't know what it's like to grow up without your dad or without your mom or without your brother, or without your cousin, without your sister, without your mama. So we honor you in your service to our country as well. We wish you all 
a happy, happy Memorial Day. We didn't want to begin our message tonight without highlight. Pastor highlighted it this morning, of course, to people uh, to acknowledge Memorial Day, and we've certainly wanted to highlight that again tonight. You have your Bible. Go with me now uh, to the book of Numbers, chapter 13, if you would, please. Numbers, chapter 13. While you're going there, I'm going to give away the title to my message tonight. I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. The title of the message tonight is Whose Report Will You Believe and Speak? I want to say my title again. Whose Report Will You Believe and Speak? You know, whenever you say whose report will you believe, of course, everybody says, well, we'll believe the report of the Lord. (laughs) But the real report that you're believing tonight is the one you're speaking. Good, bad, or ugly, what, what we speak forth is really the sign. It's really the indication of the report that we're believing. Everybody says they're believing, but how I many you know everybody ain't believing? And we have to be able to locate ourselves, amen, so that we can stay on track. We're believing the word of the Lord, the report of the Lord. We're here tonight in Numbers 13. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I'm starting uh, from uh, verse uh, 25, and I'm going to read to 33, Numbers 13, 25 through 33, the New Living Translation. Are you ready? Let's go. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. And they reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. And this was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. And here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. And we even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak, the Amalekites and the Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Mosquito Bites. No, I always throw that in. I always throw that in just to see if you're listening. The Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live among the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. Verse 30, but Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses Let us go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. 31. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. And so they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. And all the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. No doubt if you had asked that same group of people, whose report will you believe? They would have said then, we're believing the report of the Lord. But you can tell... (laughs) by the verbiage that they used, they weren't believing the report of the Lord. In fact, they were so, uh, uh, they, they, they were so cued in 
and focused on what they saw and on what they felt that it affected the way they believed. And do you know the same thing is true today, my brother and sister? What we concentrate on with our thoughts, what, what we see and what we feel, what we focus on with, with what we can see and what we feel will affect what we believe. My sermon title tonight is, Whose Report Will You Believe and Speak? Everybody automatically says, oh, we believe the report of the Lord, we believe the report of the Lord. Wait a minute now. We have to locate ourselves. Because you see, if we don't get this right, we're going to fail to receive from God. And, and nothing's worse than a Christian where the price has already been paid. Jesus has already paid the price for us to have all of our heavenly inheritances right here. Uh, what he's pr- provided for us right here in this earth realm. He's provided uh, the part of our inheritance is right here for us right now. And it's a shame if we don't reach up and receive what God has for us. But if we don't believe the report of the Lord, well, we're going to be in trouble. Look with me at Exodus chapter 15, if you would, please. Exodus chapter 15. Whose report will you believe and speak? The report that we, if we really believe it, we're going to speak it. If we speak it, then we'll believe it. In Exodus chapter 15, if you will, verse 22, it says, Then Moses uh, led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea, and they moved out into the desert of Shur, and they traveled uh, in this desert for three days without finding any water. And when they came to the oasis of Marah, the water was too bitter to drink. And so they called the place Marah, which means bitter. Look at verse 24. The people, then the people complained. And turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? They demanded. Slip down to verse 26. He said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God, do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands, keeping all his decrees, and I will make none of you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Slip into verse 16, just real quick here. 16. Uh, verses 1 and uh, 2, 1, 2, and 3, 16, 1, 2, and 3. Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of Sin between Elam and Mount Sinai. They arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. And there too, listen now, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you've brought us into this wilderness to starve us to death. Look down at verse 7. We're in Exodus 16, verse 7. In the morning you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your complaints, which are against him, not against us. What have we done that you should complain against us? Finally here in this chapter... If you would look at verse 8, then Moses added, the Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening and bread to satisfy you in the morning, for he has heard all your complaints against him. Wow, that's a whole lot of complaining. Go with me to the book of Deuteronomy. Look forward now to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8 really quick. Deuteronomy chapter 8.
starting at verse 6, Deuteronomy 8, 6. So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and the hills. It's a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates, and olive oil and honey. It's a land where food is plentiful. Nothing is lacking. It's a land where iron is common as stone. Copper is as abundant, uh, is abundant in the hills. When you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Their interpretation of what the land was and God's description of what the land was were two different things. Go back with me now to Numbers, Numbers 13. Go back with me to Numbers 13. Let's talk about the report of the Lord. Because they had this, they, they had this completely wrong. And, uh, and, and because they had it completely wrong, when it was time to believe, they didn't believe. And, um, and, and so we see in Numbers 13, they said they felt like grasshoppers there. They said, they, they said, we felt like we were grasshoppers in their sight, and they felt like we were grasshoppers in our sight. And anytime we get our eyes off of what the Lord has told us, guess what? We're going to miss out on his blessing. Listen to me. If they could have described the promised land the way that what we just read in Deuteronomy, the way that God describes the promised land, if they could have described the promised land the way God describes the promised land, they would have walked in victory. You would have thought that what, what they said when they saw and what God said when he, when he spoke about that land were two different things. So let's talk about this. How do we believe the report? How do we believe and speak the report of the Lord? Now, first of all, it says here uh, at verse 25, it says at verse uh, 27, Uh, It says down here at verse 32, it speaks about the report. They reported there was a report. There was a report. And let me tell you this, my brother and sister, this world is full of negative reports. And there's no way to escape this life without hearing or getting a negative report. Is there anybody out there, you've gotten a negative report at some point in your life, you've heard a negative report? If you're living in this world, let me tell you, this world, thank God that, that we've been redeemed by the blood. Thank God for all of our redemptive realities. Thank God for the, 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 the forgiveness of sin and the authority of the believer that he has given unto us. But let me tell you this, uh, this world is a negative place. You know why? Satan is a small G. He's the God of this world. And, and it means that even really good people are sometimes going to get negative reports. And sometimes they'll give you a negative report down there on your job. The plan is cutting back. They're trimming back hours. You don't have to go very far to get a negative report. You can get a negative report from a doctor. You, you can get a negative report in any situation. If you're, if you're living, if you're living for Christ, it won't be long. Somebody's going to give you a negative report. And listen to me now, how you deal with that negative report is crucial to you walking in victory. The question is not, will the negative report come? You know, over in James chapter one, verse two, James said, listen, consider it all joy when you fall into various trials. He didn't say if you get various trials, he said when that happens. What did he say? Keep your joy. What did he say? Count your joy. What did he say? Know how to hang on to your joy. 
What did he say? When you get a negative report, know how to keep your joy. Some people can be full of joy till they get a negative report. They'll be saying, praise God, hallelujah, I'm blessing on top. Then somebody say, they lose their joy just like that. But let me tell you, God intends for you and I to keep our joy no matter what comes, no matter what is said. And I don't care what kind of report you get. God's always got a good report for you. God's always got a great report for you. God's always got a wonderful report with your name on it. And there are always two reports out there. And anytime you get a negative report, you need to remind yourself, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. My father, God, he's got a good report for me. Some people hear a negative report and they spend all their time talking about the negative report. They spend all their time complaining, all their time talking about a negative report. Complaint, complaint, complaint. What kept Israel out of the promised land? God promised them a land with springs and honey and, and, and flowing uh, and copper and, 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 and iron and, and pomegranates and grapes and God promised them a fertile land and they were two weeks away from it. But their constant refusal to believe the report of the Lord turned into a complaint after complaint after complaint. And let me tell you something, my brother and sister, I believe the Lord sent me here tonight to share with you this message to emphasize the importance that we watch our attitudes and that we watch our mouth. Because so often we get a negative report and a negative report is unavoidable. You're not going to live in this earth and not get a negative report from somebody. Things don't always go the way that you want. I won't get any amen there, but it's true. Just keep living for Christ. You just keep living for Christ. I don't have to have an amen there. Things don't always go the way we want. But there are promises that God has made us in the word. Second Peter 1.4 says he's given us exceeding great and precious promises that by these we might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And so for every negative report, as I say, God's got a positive report for you. And when God gives us a positive report, he doesn't tell us what obstacles lie between us and receiving that report. But if we will continue to believe the report of the Lord, no matter what we hear, and speak the report of the Lord, no matter what we see or feel, we'll receive everything that God has waiting on us. We need to be careful about allowing complaints to come out of our mouth. Anybody ever complained? Anybody ever, anybody ever had a rotten attitude and complained? <laughs> that's, that's all of us. There are times, there are circumstances, there are scenarios. I've said so often, I remember being behind the wheel of, of uh, I had a blue Volvo uh, 940 Turbo headed down to Stillwater, manager, Federal, uh, Federal Express, not, uh, fr- uh, not a senior manager, frontline manager then. Had a blowout on the way. I didn't want to go to Stillwater. Went there because somebody was on vacation. My boss sent me down there. It's raining and got out there on Highway 412. Had a blowout on the uh, driver's side rear. If you've ever been on 412, there's still not very much shoulder out there. They've done some, you know, paving and some redoing and there still ain't very much shoulder out on 412. But back then there's no shoulder. And so you're out, if you got to change the car, there's nowhere to get over. And then you're right there between the highway and that's like a common truck route. And it was raining and the trucks were flying through there. 
And I got to get down there at the station to start to sort it by 6 a.m. And, and, and it's somewhere around 4.30 in the morning. I got to change that tire. I've never had the spare out of that car. You know, it's like when you never had a spare out of a car. <laughs> anyway, I'm complaining. What in the world am I doing going down here anyway? I shouldn't even have to go down here. Why do I have to go down there and replace that manager? That manager's out. I got to go down there and replace that manager. I shouldn't even be out here. I can't even change this time. I'm just complaining, one complaint after another. I'll never forget it, though. The Lord got my attention out there behind that Volvo. And he told me, son, if you'll stop complaining, if you'll put your trust in me, and if you'll stop complaining, I've got something so good for you. And what you're going through this morning will turn into something that will be a blessing for you. I've got a blessing that you can't see on the other side of this. And if you'll stop your complaining, if you'll just trust me in the midst of what you're going through, if you'll trust me, even though you don't understand it, I've got a blessing for you. You'll be so glad. And I repented out there behind my car and I, and I got all drenched and wet, showed up wet, you know, but I started thanking the Lord. I repented. I said, Lord, I repent. I repent for my, my complaining, my rotten attitude and my complaining. Because sometimes we have to make sure, look, when we have thoughts like that, what do we have to do? Confess those thoughts. Brother won't get no amen teaching like that. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I wish I had a bigger amen than that. When we think like that, we have to confess that to the Lord. Let the blood, let the blood, get, let the blood cleanse that. So I wish I had a bigger amen than that. Our thoughts, we have to confess wrong thoughts. Listen, we have to control our thoughts. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought, every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. It would be wrong of God to command you and I to, to control our thoughts if he knew we really couldn't do it. But Christ has redeemed us by his blood. He has freed us and given us the power to control our thinking. And so we have to control our thoughts. We have to confess our thoughts. We have to change our thoughts. You know, Romans 12, 2, the New Living says, God is trying to change our thinking. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God's trying to change your thinking. Yeah, we have to change our thoughts. We have to control our thoughts. We have to confess our thoughts. Amen. And so when we start complaining, we have to catch that because that will interrupt the blessing and the flow of the Lord. I really believe this. As I was praying in the last couple of weeks, I've been meditating on this message, meditating in these scriptures. I felt this so strong. There's something God wants to do in your life, in my life over these next six months. I felt this so strong. There's something he wants to do in these next six months. But there's going to be a negative report that's going to come in between what God wants to do for you and, 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 and these six months, in between what, his blessing, there's going to be a negative report to come. And, and how you and I handle that negative report is crucial as to whether or not we'll receive. I said, I wish I had a bigger amen. You're in Numbers 13, aren't you? <laughs> Look what they said. They said, they, said uh, they, they reported that... that uh, the, the, uh, that the people were too strong. Look, verse 27, they report to Moses, we entered the land to explore it. Indeed, a bountiful country, land flowing with milk and honey here. Here's the, the kind of fruit it produces. But 
The people living there are powerful. The towns are large and fortified. We saw giants there, the descendants of Anak, Amalekites, and the Negev and the Hittites and Ebja, and so forth. They go on through all of that. But listen, complaining will ruin, will ruin the blessing that God has for you. What does complaining do? It gets you and I out of faith. What is, what is complaining? What is complaining? Here's, here's my definition of complaining. Complaining is, is when someone is not believing the report of the Lord. What do we do when we don't believe the report of the Lord? We complain. You, you find yourself complaining, you need to know, check yourself. You need to understand this. There's some area of my life I'm not, believe, I'm not believing the report of the Lord. Because when the negative report comes, all we need to do is quote the, is quote the good report. All, all we need to do is quote from the book. This is a living book. This ain't no ordinary book. These words are alive. These words are anointed. These words are dripping with power. God is waiting for one person to believe. How you handle, they didn't know how, Israel never knew how to handle a negative report. When they got the report, there's no water. Oh, we knew it. And every time they got a negative report, they opened their mouth and they started complaining. And this same thing for the Christian snatches, listen to me, snatches defeat from the jaws of victory. You understand what I mean by that? Christ has already provided victory for us. We already have the victory. The victory's already been won. We have to forfeit and snatch defeat out of jaws of victory when we start complaining. Look with me, if you will, Philippians 2.14. Philippians 2.14. We'll stop at verse 5 on the way to 14. Philippians 2, verse 5, and Philippians 2.14. Complaining is not going to help you, my friend. Can I tell you this about complaining? Complaining is contagious. But let me give you a tip. If you find, if, 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 if you find that there are a lot of Christians who don't want to hang around you, and you a Christian too? And you say, isn't that odd? Christians, the people don't want to hang around me. When I go somewhere, the people start scattering. It might be because you're a complainer. And complaining can flat out wear people down. And people can hold you up for a little while, but it's hard to hold up somebody who's complaining because they're going straight down. They're putting their full spiritual weight on you. And God's got a better answer for you and I than complaining. Any faithless person can just start to complain, can just start to moan and groan. Philippians 2.5 says this, listen, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Philippians 2.14 says, do everything without complaining and arguing. Uh-oh. Go over to the book of James with me real quick. James. In the book of James, at chapter 1, verse 6, he said, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave on the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Uh Uh-oh. Look at James 3, verse 9. James 3, verse 9. We're rounding third, headed home. Stay with me now. James 3, verse 9. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God, talking about the tongue. 
and so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brother and sisters, this is not right. Does, does a spring water bubble up with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. What's he saying? That it's not right for the wrong words to be coming out of a New Testament believer. And let me tell you this, when we start to complain, here's what happens. We nullify the working of the word of God. Nothing can stop God's word, but our mouth can nullify. With with one shoe, we tie our shoe. With the other shoe, we untie it. When we start to complain. You say, I'm going to tie this shoe back over here. And when you tie that shoe, okay, now I'm going to untie this one. You're going to be doing that all day and night. There's plenty of reason to complain. Complaining nullifies the word of God in our life. Complaining is contagious. If you start complaining, other people will start complaining around you. And the faith of many people will be ruined because of that. Acts chapter 16, verse 25, Paul and Silas in a prison cell. You've read that story many, many times. I'm sure their mind came across their mind. We ought to complain. I'm sure it came across their mind. We're just on a missions trip. We've been beat for no good reason. They started singing praises to God. They defied the odds. They knew that God had a good, he had a good word for them. He had a good testimony. They knew he had a good report. And they were determined to get that report even from a prison cell. And they heard, the, they, 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 they felt, you know, they were beaten. They were feet fast in the stocks. But they decided, you know what? There's a way to get the good report of the Lord. There's a way to get the good report of the Lord. It's not through complaining. Give me one more scripture. Give me, let's go to one more scripture. One more scripture. Go to Acts chapter 4. There are all kinds of reports out there. And, and you shouldn't be surprised that you get a negative report. Somebody's going to give you a negative report. But God's already given you a positive report. <laughs> Told us to keep our head in the book. Because this is what governs us. Whatever man does or whatever people do, let me tell you, this is what, this is what governs you and I. And when people are talking about you and thinking that you're going to go down, God can lift you up. In Acts chapter 4, you remember uh, this uh, story. Uh, Verse 23, Acts 4, 23, as soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. And when they reported, reported, and when they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voice together in prayer to God. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this has happened here in this very city. Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, and all the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power, miraculous signs, and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And then they preached the word of God with boldness. What just happened there? They got a negative report. What was the negative report? If we speak or teach it all again in the name of Jesus, we're going to die. And they came back and heard the report. They told the report to their fellow believers. And when they heard that report, they, they said, oh God, sovereign Lord, you are in charge here. They got their eyes on the Lord. They began to speak and believe the report of the Lord. And what happened? They asked the Lord to stretch forth his hand and heal more people. They said, Lord, stretch forth your hand, perform more miraculous signs. They they said, you know, people coming against, this this happened in this city. People came against the Lord. They came against the Messiah. They weren't successful then. They're not going to be successful now. They got the word of God on their tongue. I'm sure they were tempted to complain. They came back with a word, with a report. If any of us speak it again in the name of Jesus, we're going to be killed. But they heard that. And what did they do? They started reciting the report of the Lord. They even said, Lord, you even spoke by the Holy Ghost through your servant David prophetically years ago. And, and, And guess what? We have a prophetic word given to you and I that's just as valid, just as anointed right now today. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you might face in these next six months. I do know this. God's trying to do something great in your life. But because we live in a fallen world and Satan is the God of it, he goes around scaring people, giving people negative reports, telling people they're not righteous when they are, telling people they're condemned when Jesus is already freedom of guilt. Telling people they're not going to make it when Christ has already made a way for them to make it. Telling people that they're unloved and that they're unlovely. If we had more time tonight, we would have taken you to 1 Samuel 18 where Saul, the king, gets a report through a song. What was the song? The Bible says Israel's marching in a victorious parade. And what did Saul do? He snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. How come? He heard a report in the song that said, David has slain his ten thousands, but Saul has slain his thousands. And he let it, he didn't control his thoughts. He didn't confess his thoughts. You understand what I'm saying? He didn't change his thinking. And he let that thought dominate his thinking. And whatever we allow to dominate our thought life, my brother and sister, listen to me now. I know we're closing, but listen to me. Whatever we allow to dominate our thinking is going to determine whether or not we get the good report. The most dominant thought that you allow in your mind will determine whether or not you're going to get that good report. I know God has good things for you. He's got good things for you. And he wants you to be able to receive them. But you're going to limit the flow and the blessing of God if you yield to the temptation to complain. Look around you. There's plenty of things to complain about. People don't always do right. Situations aren't always right. Look around you. There's plenty of stuff to complain about. But if you'll resist the temptation to complain, and if you'll put the word of God in your mouth instead, and if you will magnify the Lord, and if you will trust him in spite of what you feel, in spite of what you see, in spite of your natural thinking, if you'll trust him, he will bring you out on the other side. And not just bring you out, he'll bring you out with the victory. And you'll be blessed. He'll give you double for your trouble. And the Lord will open doors before you and bring his word to you, bring his blessing to you like you've never seen before. If you're tempted to complain or you've been complaining, every head bowed now, every head bowed. If you're tempted to complain or you've been complaining, I wonder if I have any honest hearts 
and with every head bowed in here, would you just lift your hand just to say, just to be honest with God, just, just before you and the Lord. You say, I've been complaining. I've been complaining. I've been opening my old man. I've been complaining. Okay. Yeah. Praise God. You can put your hands, put your hands down. Yeah. Yeah. Father, you see honest hands, honest hearts. And tonight in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you that one drop of that blood, that precious blood. Oh, thank you for the blood. (laughs) That blood is the cleansing agent, the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father God cleansing us by the blood. Thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for what you laid on our heart as we gave this message, that you'll turn someone's heart, Father God, to worship, to the word, to standing on the promises of God instead of giving in to the temptation to worry and giving in to the temptation to fear and and giving in to the temptation to complain, learning how to be content learning how to exercise faith and patience to inherit the promises of God. Father, thank you for helping your people tonight. Thank you for your strength, your patience, your love. We honor you, bless you. Father, thank you for your forgiveness and restoration. Bring us to that place. Bring us to that next step, Lord. Take us to that next level, that next level, that next thing you have for us, Father. Take us there. We believe and speak the report of the Lord. And we're not going to get distracted. We're not going to get sidelined by letting complaints come out of our mouth. We're going to let the word of the Lord, faith-filled words, come out of our mouth. And so thank you. Thank you for victory. Thank you for seeing us through. Thank you for helping us. Thank you. Thank you for... Sometimes someone might be walking through the fire. But you said when we go through the fire in Isaiah, fire won't burn you come out you won't even smell like smoke you said I'll be with you when you go through the fire yeah someone says I feel all alone but you said I'll never leave you nor will I ever forsake you someone says I've fallen down and made a mistake well you say just get back up righteous man may have many troubles but the Lord delivers them from them all thank you for helping your people thank you father for bringing us all to that next level that you have for us, that next place in you. We look to you and thank you and honor you. We won't give in to the temptation to complain. Father, as Israel made that mistake, complaining again and again, delaying their blessing. We're not going to make that mistake. We honor you, bless you, and reverence you tonight. And thank you for helping your people again. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you can lift your head. Hey, if you need prayer for anything, you want to be saved, you want to be born again, you want to be filled with God's precious Holy Spirit. That's what these anointed people are coming for. You know how we do it by now. Guys just come to the guys and ladies just come to the ladies. You want prayer for anything, they will pray with you. They will agree with you. You won't leave like you came. They're anointed people. They're prepared to pray. They're ready to pray. You want to be saved. You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You want somebody to agree with you. Come on forward. Just ladies, come and grab one of the ladies. Guys, come grab one of the guys. You won't leave here like you came. All right, my brother and sister, stand up on your feet. We want to remind you, keep our pastors in prayer. Don't you love our pastors? Don't you love the Hagen family? Let's keep them all lifted up in prayer. We want you to have a safe, happy Memorial Day. Hey, at 3 o'clock tomorrow, let's say a prayer for somebody that, that maybe that you know. Wave your hand again. You, you, someone in your family gave their life. Someone that you know gave their life in service to the country. You know, say a prayer tomorrow, 3 o'clock. Pray for these people, for these families. And um, we know that they would appreciate that. All right, you'll be here Wednesday night, hour of power. And I can't think of anything else, so we are dismissed. God bless you one and all.